From the Rookery End is sponsored by Bet365 and their app features over 300,000 sporting events. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. Personalise your bet by using the Bet365 Bet Builder to combine a wealth of bets including match results, players to score and number of goals. And you can feel closer to the action through text and graphics in the Bet365 Match Live features. Become part of Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company, by downloading the app from your app store. Bet365, it's got everything you need to bet on sport. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to From the Rooker End, a Watford podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Watford have just lost 3-1 down at Rodney Parade against Newport County. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't fun uh, and many Watford fans are wondering, was it worth £10? Well, it was better than travelling all the way down the M4 and you're now not on a journey back down the M4 uh, after that loss. But I, my name is John, with me is Mike. Well, look, I'm going to say straight from the get-go, it's always... Okay, hang on, wait, 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 wait. Is this going to be positive, Mike? Because this has been a big thing on Twitter. <laughs> the last game, it was a nil-nil. He was positive. Where is he now? I'm going to give you half and half. First thing, it's always worth £10 to get to get to watch Watford. I don't care Digital, if it's yes. in the Ibiza Cup. And I know it's a, a flippant comment, but and I have seen a bit of stuff on, on, uh, on socials about, well, is it worth 10 quid? You get to see your team in action. So for me, absolutely. So it's always worth £10. But also, having said that, I watched it with the laptop in the kitchen uh, cooking a, a curry this evening. I, got, I rubbed my hand in some chilli, then in my eye, uh, and it made the evening, I reckon, about 200% more enjoyable. Ouch. And Colin is here. Hello, everybody. Good evening, Brigadier. Uh, your first time on the podcast this season. Come on, Colin. You know, this was a, a trip to South Wales to a team we haven't played since 1978, before I was even born. What, where were you at? What did you want from this game? Uh, beginning of the game, when we saw the lineup, I did send you a thing on the WhatsApp saying it was a slightly weaker side that I'd hoped for. And, and I'm not sure uh, quite what the thinking was. I guess there wasn't much of a pre-season the two games we've played already in the championship were very intense affairs uh, physically demanding a lot of running so maybe some of those players those uh, the players that we would now consider to be our first team players like Cleverly, Keener, Ngakia, Wilmot, Cathcart were rested on the basis that three days from now we have to go up the M1 well, no they have to come down the M1 <laughs> and uh, we can't we're not going to mention their name. But, yeah, we've got to play that lot. And so that's a big game. Um, even without fans, it's still a big game. So maybe he's thinking more about that than he was today. And, you know, normally normally what happens is coaches come out and say, I put out a team that I thought could win that game. I don't think he did that tonight. I didn't feel that that team uh, really was in a position to dominate, to, to look like an ex-Premier League side coming down into the Championship, playing a League Two side in the... You know, we didn't really look like that. He... Do you not think? Because I, I run through that side. Let's run through it quickly. Backman, Dawson, Garner on loan from Manchester United, their reserve player of the year last year. Glenn Murray, Premier League striker. Sir Alta, uh, uh, Syria defender. Paceto, Sinclair, Hungbo, Agwaka, Agyakwak, uh, Ag, Agyakwa. Agyakwa. 
Toby Stevenson, who's got who's got experience, and, and Daniel Phillips, who's looked all right. And let's not forget we're playing a League Two side here. And I, I think you're, I, I do think you're right, um, Colin. He made five changes, which from the Oxford game, which was already a sort of a different side to the League side, as as you've already pointed out. But I do think that that is that's not a completely that's not a hapless, oh, yeah, helpless, hopeless team, is it? There's, there's, there's not, quality but you throughout wouldn't necessarily it. say that they, that was, you wouldn't look at it and go, well, that's a team that's good enough to definitely beat a well-organised League Two side who've got a fantastic cup record in the past two seasons. It didn't fill me with enormous confidence. I'm going to sit in the middle of you two and say, actually, the bit that I got a little bit like, uh, was the bench. Because it didn't feel like last week where there were definitely some clear, strong options for substitutions that did have an impact yeah. last week. So that that's why looking at that, looking at the lineup, but let let you know that's what we thought was going to happen. What did happen, Mike, was almost a trend of a poor first half. You know, yes, it was a young midfield. Let's talk about them first. You know, they didn't, they weren't terrible, but they didn't control or get their foot. Mm into that no. game, did they, Mike? No, they got overrun a bit. And Colin's absolutely right to point out this was a Newport, you know, I'm not that well versed in in, in, in Newport and their lineup, but I'm, I get the sense that this was pretty close to their their first eleven. And and as Colin said, they've got a good pedigree in, in basically battering uh, battering teams higher up the, the league <laughs> league pyramid than them and they, and they did it again tonight. But yeah, I think you're right. I think we looked overrun in, in midfield. We just weren't able to establish any sort of shape and control in the game, as was shown by the fact that we gave a penalty away for the for the first goal and the and the second goal came from a bit of a quite similar to the Oxford goal actually. The second second goal, this sort of ball loose on the on the edge of the area, we probably should have done better uh, in in terms of defending it and just weren't able to do so. And I think it just showed where we were at in terms of our contribution to the game. weren't able to establish ourselves. weren't able to establish um, the shape and effectively got got overrun yeah it was and you know you're not you're not going to blame we we spoke before we came on air about you know what does anyone learn from from that and probably not a lot other other than than getting minutes under their belt but yeah it was from from a midfield point of view i think that's probably where we we looked weakest in that in in that first half certainly and also i think it was a question of numbers it said on the um, hornet hive that oh, we've matched them up but actually we hadn't matched them up because we were playing a 3-4-3 three, with uh, Passetto and Stevenson as the wing-backs coming forward to support a two-man midfield of Garner and Phillips. And then we were playing three forward players, Sinclair, Murray and Hungbo. Passetto was playing as a wing-back. Yeah, yeah. And so actually they were playing a 3-5-2. So they had three men in central midfield against our two. And our two were very inexperienced players. I, I appreciate that Garner is, is a young player who's been talked of very highly over the last uh, year or so. And I think it's a good signing for us. But what they needed in there was was another body uh, and sacrifice one of those front three players. And what disappointed me slightly, because after 24 minutes, I'm texting on the WhatsApp group saying, you've got to get someone into that central midfield area. And it's probably Sinclair that you're going to sacrifice because he doesn't seem to be doing very much or affecting the game. Paceto was, uh, Hungbo was kind of involved a bit more at least and he was using his his uh, physicality to kind of but what was happening really in reality was that when we got the ball we were pressed in our own half and we mm. were playing long balls into Murray which weren't sticking and the midfield weren't as able to get up and support him and the ball just was recycled by Newport and it came back through us and if we did win it 
we just started giving the ball away because we didn't seem to have any space or time on the ball to find uh, one of our own players. And we were just giving the ball away, giving the ball away or knocking it long. And it was just coming back all through the first half. And if you're Ivic and you're standing there on the, on the touchline, and I remember Slav, who, you know, was a man who, uh, who didn't waste any time changing things. If he could see we were getting hammered in a certain area, he didn't really spot it or maybe as you say when you look at that bench there wasn't really mm. another central midfielder on that bench there wasn't a Tom Cleverley who could come on and give you a half there wasn't a Chalabar there wasn't somebody that could come in the only person really was Panoranda who did come on eventually who is a sort of central midfielder but more uh, of a forward player but even he would have been better because he, he would have been central and he, mm. we could have clogged it up a bit in there but that first half really uh, we were we were we were overrun partly because of the way we were set up and partly because of the tactics. I think he thought we were going to knock the ball into those wide players up front and get the ball into Murray, or it would stick on Murray from from midfield, and then we could advance. And it just wasn't working. It was a performance from Murray, Mike, that we've berated Andre Gray about the feeling that he's been ineffective. But was he being ineffective, or was the system being ineffective ineffective for him? Probably an unhappy combination of, of the two, but whichever way you look at it, it wasn't it wasn't sticking up there, was it at all? And and I think the only way you can look at it is the same way we looked at it on on Saturday afternoon after the Sheffield Wednesday game, which is when Glenn Murray came off and Stipe Perizza came on, there was an immediate impact. And and fair enough, you know, Passetto was was deployed slightly differently, and uh, Penuranda came on and 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 looked. Uh, the ball stick to, stuck to his feet a bit better. He looked more like a, uh, an imposing influence and someone with a bit of skill and, and, and a level above perhaps what we'd seen before. But Murray off, Perica on, and and, it, and the game changed really, didn't it, straight away. So, you know, look, there's no denying Glenn Murray's capabilities. There's no denying he knows where the goal is. There's no denying his his pedigree. He is he is he's a decent footballer with a great record, but we're struggling to see it so far, and it's. Just listening to Colin talk there, it's whether we're not, he's, he's, he's the unfortunate victim of playing in these very, very lacklustre first halves, which, which we've seen certainly in the last three fixtures, or whether it's he's just not finding his feet and is, is, is finding it difficult himself. So either way, it's not working for Glenn Murray at the moment, is it? And, uh, you know, we'll obviously go on to talk about uh, Steve Peritza's uh, contribution later in the game and, and, and what impact that's going to have on the on the next couple of weeks. But I did think he, he was the... It did feel like he was the catalyst. In fairness, alongside Penyaranda, like I said, I think he he made a difference when he when he came on as well. But, yeah, Murray off Peritza on and, and things started happening, didn't they? <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the experts in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped have just launched in the UK. We've been going for years without using the right tools for the job. So you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped life-changing products. They're third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents and the water resistant technology allows you to groom whilst in the shower how helpful and we've got a special offer for you right now for listening to from the rookery end you can get 20 percent off and free shipping by using the code epl20 at manscaped.com m-a-n-s-c-a-p-e-d That's 20% free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code EPL20. Happy shaving. From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. Second half, though. Is it as simple as changing the personnel 
up front. What is it that Perica is adding, Colin? Or was it that Pasetto had freedom all of a sudden to run and run and run? First of all, I don't think Pasetto is made uh, in the same way I would say about Ken Semmer to be uh, a wing-back and they are being asked to play a position that they are not really suited to, either of them, I don't think, because Pasetto is really a winger, I would say, from the little we've seen of him over the last year. He seems to like to get into advanced positions. Uh, in, in the Premier League, he came on and played down the right-hand side. Um, but he doesn't seem, although he did uh, clear the ball off the line against <laughs> Tottenham, um, he doesn't seem to really have the kind of defensive chops to play uh, the two roles that being a wing-back uh, demands and I don't think he's quick enough and I think the same is true of Ken. Ken likes to impose himself in the final third, out wide cut inside, play balls, one twos and so on but again not really the defensive chop so it's difficult for him to come in and play that position and what I was hoping to see which uh, I thought was actually and I, I know you've already done a pod about it but just very briefly, I thought what was interesting about the Sheffield Wednesday game was that we soaked up the press for about 60 minutes and in the end the Wednesday players literally ran out of legs I mean they and and we came into the game we imposed ourselves we made some personnel changes at that point and we were able to really look like there was only one team who's going to win it in the last 30 minutes and I thought that was going to happen again tonight because mm. Newport had worked their stocks off and you thought surely they can't keep it up and we made some changes Penaranda came right into the middle of midfield mm. which which matched us up three on three Parizza came on who who I must say, I, I think even in the little we see, you think there's definitely a player there and you sure. thought that they would collapse. And then, you know, we actually got back in the game and you thought, OK, here we are. We, we've got in, back into a position. We need one more goal to take it to penalties. Uh, and then somehow or other, we weren't able to see it through. But there was definitely improvement. And I think it's a, it's a combination of the personnel change that, that we made, bringing on players who would play centrally, uh, certainly Parizzo was an upgrade in that game uh, on Murray. And I don't know why that is, really. I think Murray looks a little bit short of fitness, I would say. Mm. But also, his, his the ball just kept bouncing off him, didn't it? Yeah, Every time yeah. it was passed, it bounced off him. And But then he had three men round him. So, because they were playing three at the back like us. So, one striker, three defenders, you know, do the maths. And also, a combination of that and also Newport slightly tiring to, in the second half. But we weren't able to capitalise as we had as we almost did against Sheffield Wednesday. That, that's what I mean about, I think, this side or this squad being good enough, really, to compete a lot better than they did because we did look infinitely better in the second half. Once we scored, and I'd have to say the penalty was very, very soft, and this is probably my biggest bugbear about, about the evening. It was so I, soft. Yeah, it, yeah it, I mean, it wasn't a penalty, I don't think, was it? In, but do you think, didn't you think the, the Newport penalty was a little bit soft as well? Yeah, that Almost was, I'd say that was even softer. And I thought that was made up for, that was making up for uh, from, the from handball. The P- potentially. Um, yeah, potentially, yeah, I know, maybe. Do <laughs> refs really do that, do they? Maybe the all should have given that, didn't give it. Oh, look, there's a little tiny tug on a shirt. That's a pen. I mean, well, he had a long, a long either. chat with the players, like going, "Don't worry, you know." And I, you know, I like, I like a little bit of conspiracy. <laughs> I'm just that so, way inclined. Yeah. But, <laughs> so so maybe, yeah, don't worry, I'll get you a pen. <laughs> two, two bad decisions then. But so, and I'm going to come back to that. But I thought the team was good enough. We looked the better side. We looked better in better shape. We looked better fitness wise. We looked like we had better quality. And yes, the penalty was was a poor decision but we took it and I, I thought right here we go I think we'll probably get it back to two all and go to pens or or, or stretch our legs and, and go on and win the game and and it just didn't happen did it which 
I think that it's it was a mistake from from Phillips, wasn't it? That gave gifted the ball into the pass across the the the, the penalty oh. area. Uh, the guy did, did, took it and then and slotted it home, no problem. So a mistake there. He's young. He's he's learning his way. So so you give him that. That that's fine. It was game over. Um, and it was even more game over in the, in the dying ends with, with Parizza, which I'll mention in a minute. But the big problem, I think, and this feeds into the Parizza incident, is that, you know, that against Oxford and now against Newport uh, and against Sheffield Wednesday, we've had poor first half, but then pretty impressive in, in different, differing respects, second halves, less, less tonight, slightly less impressive against Oxford. We, we, we got the goal late and then it was a more of a slow burn and, and we sort of asserted our dominance over 45 minutes against Sheffield Wednesday. But in each of those three instances, and even against Middlesbrough, having got the early goal, the chances we've created and the saves we've asked the opposition keeper to make have been pretty limited. I'm currently, that's, that's what's keeping me up at, at night. I'm, I, I still retain a positive outlook on, on this side in as much as they do look like they're capable of staying in games and certainly building into them. And it's almost sort of war of attrition type thing. Um, letting the opposition have, have, have a, have a lot of the running, maintain that shape and let them run out of puff. And then we'll sort of put our foot on the, the neck and sort of slowly squeeze the life out of them and win it one nil. That to me feels like how it's going to happen more often than not if we're going to be successful. But the chances we've created, I'm really struggling to, and again, admit, uh, admittedly, I was, I had streaming eyes thanks to my Chile incident tonight. So I might have missed a, a swathe of brilliant chances, but something tells no, me we, we probably didn't. And, and, and so that, that's a big concern for me. And, and then of course, so and then of course, with Parizza getting sent off late in the game when really the game was, was gone. And it's, uh, Tommy Mooney made the, the point on commentary. Or it might have been John Marks. This ref had given 44 red cards in the last three seasons, which sounds like a lot to me. Um, and lo and behold, uh, lo and behold, we, we got our, we got our red card and, you know, you look at it and the elbow did make contact with the face. It was probably more careless than, than deliberate. Either way, it's not getting overturned, is it? So we've, we've, the no. biggest positive that we've mentioned in this podcast so far was Parita coming on and, and the difference he made. Well, he's going to be missing now for, for three games and with, with chances looking pretty thin on the ground already, you know, that means it could be Jerome Sinclair, Glenn Murray, and and João Pedro as our as our as our forward options going into the, to to a massive game on Saturday. So it turned a bad night into a lot worse than it was looking at. You know, we can we can all deal with. I hate it. I hate going out of the Carabao Cup. Me and Arlo were talking about it. I hate Watford losing. It doesn't matter who we're playing mm. against. Mm. It doesn't matter of the environment. It doesn't matter to the tournament. I hate them losing. I'd like us to see go deep into this tournament. It might turn out to be a blessing, but actually, it made a bad performance. Really, really worrying, didn't it? That we're going to be without him for three games. Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of things to say before that third goal that they scored. It was interesting. We gave the ball away. I counted up. I think it was four times mm. in under a minute. And the fourth time we gave it away, it was in a dangerous area and, uh, he, he hit it into the corner. We did that so on Saturday, Cole, give, as well. If you give, yeah, if you give the ball away that many times in the, your own third within a minute, you are asking for so much trouble. Just for those who didn't go on Hornet Hive, um, Penaranda took the penalty which was a surprise because he only just come on. Anyway, he it was straight out of the Deeney playbook and he uh, he stuck it straight down the middle and the keeper sort of went and tried to tried to fight physics by going back the way <laughs> to Ooh. save it but couldn't. But the other thing is, going back to something you said last season, Mike, 
Uh, and I think you're absolutely right about what's happening at the moment. It's not so much that we don't create chances. It's that I don't really see how we're supposed to create chances. Mm. We haven't got true wingers on the pitch. We don't put decent crosses in, which is obviously, you know, anyone who can cross a ball is worth 20 million quid. But, you know, we don't seem to come through the middle in numbers. We don't commit players into the box when we get forward. We really didn't do that tonight. Those midfielders were all coming short to pick up the ball on the edge of the area. None of them are committing themselves into the box. And so I don't really understand what the tactic is or what the plan is to just create chances. And and if we haven't got a plan as to how we're going to create chances, we're not going to create them. And if we don't create them, we're not going to score many goals. And so far, we've scored one goal in the championship. From a I think that's like, not just part of the process at the moment with maybe. Vlad sorting out the defence, get that sorted and build from there. Yeah, yes. uh, there, aren't, there isn't a, a, you know, a, a massive riches of options up front, especially now. Well, actually, th- there might be a riches uh, to choose from. We're not quite sure if they're being allowed to play. I, I still feel that sort of element of our, att- our attacking element, you hope at least, will develop. But it seems Vlad is a bit more defensive-minded at, at this point. I think Stevenson has shown he can put a, de- a decent delivery in and did that against Oxford yep. and, and did it again tonight. And I, I suspect he was probably um, identified as the person who's going to be um, slinging the balls in for, for hopefully Glenn Murray or, or Parizza to, to, to get on onto. It didn't quite come off him tonight. A couple of decent looking looking balls. And I think he's probably a little bit off probably being a championship footballer at the moment, but we may well need to, to rely on him sooner or later. And then I think of the players that didn't play tonight, I think Ken Semmer has shown that he can get a decent ball in into the box as well. You know, the, the goal against um, against Middlesbrough, the single goal that we've scored in the championship, you know, Neil Warnock decried it as, as schoolboy defending or whatever. It was actually a really nicely worked goal, short corner routine, really, really nice ball in uh, and, a, and an experienced centre-back powering forward to head it in. So there, there's obviously a, ways of, of doing it. And I think Jao Pedro is looking increasingly strong when he has the ball. Penyaranda actually looked okay. I thought he looked deliberate going forward yeah, and just just taking the ball forward, getting it wide and ball into the box. And I think John is right. I don't think we're there yet defensively. And, and Colin, your point is is absolutely correct. That the amount we give the ball away speaks to that. It shows that it's not a cohesive unit by any stretch of the imagination yet. And I'd imagine with what I view Vladimir Ivic's is game play game plan to be, he'd be absolutely pulling his hair out over the over the last sort of couple of games he's seen because the we haven't kept the ball well at all um so i can kind of see where we're headed uh but it just feels like we're we're a few pieces of the puzzle missing and i think it's difficult isn't it because we go league game carabao cup league game carabao cup for the last two weeks so it's sort of being Mm. jolted from the team that we're hoping and and the matches that really really count those three points and points away from home that are hopefully going to get us up the table and looking at a return to the premier league which is really important to these games where we're actually a little bit more relaxed whatever we say we're we're not um going to go lie awake awake too 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 much tonight because we haven't progressed in the Carabao Cup so it's difficult to to get out of that sort of um that base sense of where we're at isn't it because if we'd seen four games from our first 11 I think we'd probably be talking about four very different games but of course we haven't so it's it's up down up down up down in out in out in out so it's it, it's difficult for us and of course that tells us how difficult it is for, for Vladimir Rivic as we've spoken mm. in every podcast, mm. d- d- juggling a very, very difficult situation with with his squad. I think he's been great in in his in his press conferences. He he spoke today about how players who aren't 
aren't a hundred percent focused on Watford, so therefore those that are looking elsewhere or or might be needing to be sold for whatever reason. He doesn't think about them, I think was his quote. He, they don't even cross his yeah. mind because they're not focused no. on Watford. And I'm like, 100% I'm fine with that. And so that's why I was a little bit more forgiving, I think, when you see the squad and a little bit more hopeful because we do have to look forward. We do have to realise yeah. we are now cutting our cloth accordingly and it's a very different cloth to the cloth we were cutting last year. It's a very yeah. different outfit that we're, we're looking to, to prepare than it was this time last year or the year before that. So we have to put our faith in a, in a head coach and, and look for as many positives as we can from the, from this squad. Um, and I think that's important and that's why I've enjoyed these Carabao Cup games. Um, but now, you know, we're out and we've got a massive game on Saturday and it's really is, it's, it's eyes forward and, and sort of, Shoulders to the to, to the wheel now, isn't it? With nowhere left to hide. Nikki, yes. As my wife, do you think do you think my hairline's okay? Uh, yeah, I guess for a man of your age. You sure? Yeah, it's fine, my love. Cool. Because this episode of From the Recurrent is sponsored by Hims. If you haven't heard of them, they're basically someone you can chat to about balding which can be an awkward topic for some men because lots of start to lose a hair before we hit 40. Apart from me, yeah? You're not lying, are you? No. Good. The best way to take control of hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some, which at least from the podcast, I do. Him was created to make it easy for men to seek care. They connect you to a real doctor online to discuss your problem personally. You are a bit grey. What? It's completely confidential and discreet and you'll get a proper consultation with some sound advice on what you can do to help your hair before it's too late. It couldn't be easier. To book your free consultation, just go to forhims.co.uk forward slash athletic. That's forhims.co.uk forward slash athletic. Where's it grey? A Watford FC podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is from the rookery end. One thing about today and Rodney Parade, how many dugouts they have. There's like <laughs> two on either side. I was like, blown. hang on, where are they? Are they invisible in the dugouts? Anyway, it doesn't matter about point and stuff. Um, where the more important thing and very important things, uh, that is a game against Luton Town. And as I've said before, I'm happy saying that it gives me a feeling of power colin you are slightly older than us um and that's being polite the <laughs> but but this thing for you where where are you at with this game it's been 14 years we, we spoke about i spoke about it on saturday you know i, I don't see it as a a live rivalry and this is the start of bringing it back to life maybe sorry what did you say again i couldn't i i, I, I didn't <laughs> I did. I heard words, but I didn't understand yeah, what you were mis- saying. He's misjudged that, hasn't he? There, Colin. <laughs> where are you? It's not with a live game? rivalry. Yes. This is the biggest <laughs> rivalry in English football. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, if you're a Watford fan, playing Luton is. Uh, it's like I don't know. Remember, play we played Palace. I think was it last season at Vicarage Road, and it got very febrile uh, in the ground. It was the, it was a classic Zahar throwing himself around and complaining to the ref and the Watford fans started to sing songs about him. He was complaining and it got to him and then there was fouls going in. There was a tussle. Kapu put in another massive tackle. There was sort of, you know, scuffles breaking out. Uh, the Palace fans were going, and, and, and Lily, who was with me at the time, who's 14, she, she was like, my gosh, dad, what's going on? And I said, if you think this is the, is, is a strong, you know, kind of aggressive, 
uh, atmosphere in the ground, you know, it's nothing compared to playing Luton. And there are a lot of Watford fans my age who are really over it. And, and I do accept the point that it isn't really a live rivalry because there's a whole generation of Watford fans who've never been to a Watford Luton mm. game. You know, anyone who started following Watford uh, when they were 14, let's say, they're now 28. And they've been to a lot of Watford games, but they've never been to a Watford-Luton game. And so, in a way, it's a kind of sleeping... I, I was joking when I said it's the greatest rivalry in English, but it clearly isn't. But it is for us. And, yeah. uh, you know, we loathe each other. Whether you actually really loathe them and, you know, you're going to go out on the street and get into, you know, into sort of scuffles on the street, there's an element that will do it. Most people are not going to do that, but they still loathe Luton Town. If you're my age, you loathe them and they loathe us. And I went to Kenilworth Road because we sort of came up through the divisions, you know, at the same time. And so we played each other quite a bit during those those years from the late 70s into the 80s. And uh, they were always occasions that you dreaded, but you also massively look forward to them. And I took my uh, then girlfriend, Julia, now my wife, she came with me to Kenilworth Road. Now that, my friend, mm. is love. <laughs> well, that was the moment the ring was coming out. <laughs> yeah, I almost, no, I didn't, I wasn't going to propose a Kenilworth Road, but um, I think it was a, a draw. Uh, uh, Kevin Phillips scored the equaliser, or he, we scored first. I can't really remember because it's all a blur and it's about, you know, 25 years ago. But the... The fact that we're playing them, and it's in a way it's good, I think, that we're playing them behind closed doors this first game. But the fact that we're playing them should be a real cause of excitement uh, for Watford fans. I know in recent times we've had rivalry with Palace, as I've mentioned. We've had rivalry with Bournemouth. You know, there was the whole kind of aftermath of the semi-final against Wolves where we thought, oh, maybe they're going to be a rival. Then there was the Everton thing with Marco Silva. None of that will come anywhere near the rivalry that is inherently in our DNA as Watford fans when we see those players wearing the white and orange and black of Luton Town daring, daring to walk on the sacred turf of Vicarage Road. It's like a knife in your guts to see them walk onto our pitch and all you care about is beating them and sending them back up the M1 with their tail between their legs. And I, for one, am literally praying that that happens because if they beat us on Saturday, it is just, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, John. You're, you're right about the colours. <laughs> I, I, um, I was at the Newcastle home game towards the tail end of last season and I don't know if you've picked up on it or not, but the, the Newcastle training kit is their colours and seeing them out there warming up in, in those whites and oranges, I was like, what? Get them off! Get them off! What are they doing? <laughs> and it's just—it's just, it's just a, it's the little things. It's little. You just, yeah. I mean, the, the bottom line is, you know, it's it is pantomime for for most of us. I mean, let's not take away from it. There've been people who've had horrendous experiences. Um, yeah. People on this podcast that have had, you know, it's a real thing. But you hate, we hate each other in as much as it's a pantomime hatred, isn't it? And it's every little thing. Yeah, you want to go against them and for us so whenever Luton are playing I want them to lose heavily I want them to be down to eight men and I want them to lose eight nil that would be that's a perfect day for me it takes, <laughs> takes the edge off Watford losing whatever they've done I want them to have terrible draws in every cup um, I want their best players to be sold I want their good managers to leave I want them to make terrible I just don't want them to enjoy anything <laughs> that's what it all builds up to so and they feel exactly the same about us and of course we've yeah. had it they have had the most horrific 
um, while our, you know, our trajectories couldn't be more diametrically opposed. They've had terrible luck with, with the, with the EFL and their points deductions. They've been out of the league. And while that's been going on, we've been sort of lauding it at top, up top table in the, in yeah. the Premier League, we've had we had the playoff moment when we didn't get promoted. So while they've been struggling really, really badly, we've been having a whale of a time, and that won't have been lost on them at all. No, it will not. Uh, and they will be absolutely like coiled springs, ready to 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 finally get one over on their on their neighbours that they haven't had a chance to do. Well, we've been sort of sashayed around in the top flight, you know, having the amazing, de- you know, all that fun stuff. And they've been scrubbing around, and, well, as they should be. It's, you know, it's completely where they belong to be, obviously. But, um, <laughs> so it means a lot to them. And I dare I say it, and it probably, there's more on it for them. That they're, that's not true. I'm not going to say yeah. that. It's not the case. But you know what I mean. They've got a lot of pent up frustration having watched us, having, bearing in mind what I've just said, that I want everything to go badly for them. And that's when things have been going well for us. So imagine what it's been like for them, sort of having to, pull themselves up from the bootstraps out of the out of the conference it took them a little while massive you know while we've been having the time of our lives so it's it is a massive 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 game and the first thing i thought about tonight was when Parita got sent off he misses luton and that's what everyone's thinking about what who's reffing the luton game who's going to be fit for luton can he be back for luton where am i going to watch the luton game what had luton done tonight for for the watford game and it all what about luton what about luton that is it's massive and it's it's probably more nerves at this stage than than excitement because it's more about probably you're desperate to win but you don't lose and it's you know it's one of those amazing amazing moments I'm I'm glad it's back in in many respects obviously it's it's so so disappointing that the, the supporters won't be there to see it on one hand have we dodged a bit of a, 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 a an issue with everything that I've said you know the years building up to it is it better to get a couple of games under our belts before supporters are allowed back and then it, perhaps well the so- Hertfordshire Constabulary don't think so because having moved the uh, the kickoff to a half past twelve they, they they still worry that things might happen do you know what I was thinking Colin do you imagine what Kenilworth Mike would be like if uh, <laughs> following Luton down to the pits <laughs> of non-league <laughs> I mean Rookery Mike has uh, had some negativity in the last 10 years but oh my word don't let no don't go anywhere near a kennel uh, yeah. with mike who's gonna be the team then mike. are we can i just say, can I, i'll just tell you something here i was born in uh born in leamington star i lived in kennelworth for my formative years so uh there's something for i could have been kennelworth maybe that's where the negativity comes from anyway the <laughs> um what's this team going to be on saturday you know we know that Peritza's out but actually you know the the, the, the full strength watford is should be able to do what we've done and hopefully just be that little bit more attacking Colin is that all it needs I, I, well I think we need to be calm that's gonna that you don't need to have people at the club who have played in those games re, it will be evident I think to the first team squad how important this game is to the football club there won't be fans there to really show them the way about how much it means but they will know it. But And I think that what is needed is a bit of calmness. But we need to bring back our sort of main players, clearly. And if we can add Ismail Assar to that side, um, I think that would make a big difference for us. Oh, I don't know what's happening with him. And they may not let him play because they don't want to risk him getting injured in a game like that. But if if he plays and if Luis Suarez is on the bench then you've got the potential um, to, you know, to put outside that sticks in my craw at the moment, John, is that they're above us in the league. 
which I really, mm-hmm. really don't like. It's been the first time in a, a decade and a half that they've been, I mean, more probably, that they've been above us in the league. So they'll obviously want to hold on to that and we all want to beat them so that we can go above them. And that's something that's going to happen all through the seasons. But yes, we need a strong side. I think we need to play three men in midfield because it's going to be a right old tear up. Uh, first, The first sort of 30 minutes, I suspect, will be an intense affair because all the players will understand it. If you come from Senegal and you join Arsenal, you don't need someone who played for Arsenal 300 times to tell you how important it is to play when you play Tottenham. You know it. And it may be a slightly sleepy rivalry, but when it actually arrives, when their bus comes down <laughs> Occupation Road and they get off the bus, and walk there, there will be no doubt. Everyone who you know who's lucky enough to be there, be it the people that prepare the food, or you know the, the, the you know the, the kit people and all that, they 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 are Watford true and true. They're right through in you know like a like a stick of rock, and they will they will not enjoy having those players in that away dressing room. They won't enjoy parking that having that bus parked outside the rookery, and I think that. That will feed into our players. But again, you know, it is just another game. I'm sure Ivic will say that. I'm sure that he'll want to put out the strongest side that he can, not because it's just because it's Luton, but because it's an important championship game. We've gone unbeaten so far. We haven't conceded a goal. And wouldn't it be great to beat them 3-0 and take the three points and say, Luton who? Well, it's just another game. Yeah, easy. Job done. We lost the game in midfield today, I think. And I think that's where we win it on... Um, where, where we win it on Saturday. I think we've got a decent defensive unit who, if they're on it, you know, Cavaselli, we were singing his praises. Um, Cathcart can come in, Foster in, in goal, and Gakir, I think, has been brilliant. So I think we're, we're making decent progress yeah. defensively. I think up front, we've talked about Ken Semmer getting those balls in. Um, and if it is Glenn Murray up front, you know, he is a decent player. He's, he hasn't shown it so far. You don't lose it o- o- overnight. Jao Pedro, of course, is is tricky. Um, he's, he's shown attacking intent. I love the way he plays played against Oxford I love the way he drove forward with the ball a little bit against against Sheffield Wednesday he's he's growing into his role so let's we've got Tom Cleverley coming in Nathaniel Chalavar coming in uh, and Domingos Kina coming in all of whom have had an an impact this this season so far in the league all of whom will have to be on their game all of whom will have to be disciplined and all of whom will have to be feeding into to trying to get something going from from an attacking point of view you look at the young lads in 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 Quina and and Chalabar they'll be easy for them to get revved up they'll both know that they've got something to prove after slightly indifferent uh, opening ch- championship game so I think that's where they need and Luton will know what they'll be doing they'll be treading on toes there'll be little late tackles here they'll be you know talking about how crap they were to get relegated last year now here you are playing us in the you know all that will be going on and they, it's up to up to these guys to, to step up to the mark and, and deal with it but I, yeah. I think I'd be very very surprised if we if we see Ismail Assar I think we need to as fans we can only deal with what's been put in front of us so far and these guys who They've been nowhere near the, the starting eleven, nowhere near the starting squad. So we have to work on the basis that that is going to continue for for whatever reason, whether they're injured, whether they're ill, whether yeah. they're trying to be sold and we're protecting whatever. We don't know what's been put in front of us is Watford as we know it so far. So let's work yep. on that basis. I think it's a solid side. Luton are above us in the table. It's had some decent results. We're going to have to work hard to do well in the in in, in the championship. It's a massive game. We've got the side that can do it. They need to step up, and I think midfield is going to be. Absolutely Absolutely vital. Can't wait for it. Bring it on. I'm ready. That's it. I'm hyped. Who is going to be the step up for the challenge and have a statue built for them outside Vicarage Road? Come on, boys. You can do it. (laughs) Ciao, Pedro. Pet statue. Brilliant. It's on its way. Anyway, thank you very much, Mike, for your time on this Tuesday evening.
No problem. I'm going to uh, wash the chilli out of my eyes in time for uh, for Saturday lunchtime kickoff. But take a little bit with me just in case. <laughs> <laughs> it was the chilli, honest. And uh, thank you very much, Colin. Thank you. Pleasure as always. Remember, you can get a subscription to The Athletic at the moment for just £1 a month. That, my friends, is a bargain. Go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end uh, to get that deal. Uh, and it also makes us look really good if you do that. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back again after that game against Luton Town. And a one and all, as loud as you can, on Saturday at 12.29. Please shout... Come on, you boy!